This is Geek Gab with your hosts, John, Brian, and me, Daddy Warpig. We are back. That's right, Geek Gab for Saturday, September 24th, 2016. This is episode number 70, Vicious Vampires, Vatican Assassins, and Irish Rebel Songs. Special guest today is author Declan Finn, but before we get to that, I want to ask, John, how was your week? Hey, it's been a good week. It's a slow week. Uh, gaming's a little slow, but uh, I think our co-host here will be pleased to know I'm 25% of the way through Soul Dancer. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't say that right. I'm 25% through 2016 Dragon Award winner Soul Dancer. Uh, so I got started on that. Why would Declan be happy about that? <laughs> oh, you meant me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was... Uh, how have you found it? <laughs> I, I've liked it so far. I, I wish I had... Um, I wish I could read it without having read an ethereal because I, I'm finding it uh, a little easier to read. Um, um, it's a little easier to ignore all the stuff that you obviously haven't explained and I have no clue what's going on. Um, but uh, it's it's definitely like in in terms of, of quality, like it's definitely an improvement over an ethereal, and I'm enjoying it so far. Thanks. Yeah, I've I've been trying to get someone, in fact, to read book two without having read book one because I suspected from the beginning that you could read just Soul Answer without reading Ethereal, but I I don't have empirical evidence to back that up. Yeah. As so, yet. so so you think it could be done? I think so, because I'll tell you what, um, at the beginning of the book, you do like a prologue, which, um, if I remember correctly, and, and my memory could be faulty, but it sounds like that's it's directly a direct result of the ending of Nethereal, and even knowing that, I barely made, you know, it, it was definitely a, a, this is what's going on, like, I barely made sense <laughs> of it, right? It, it, was, it was obviously Actually, some, like, creepy foreshadowing or something. I know. You're just supposed to agree with readers like, how very insightful of you, but no, actually the, the prologue of Soul Dancer has nothing to do with Ethereal at all. <laughs> what? See, that's what I'm saying. So, Ethereal had probably yeah. ruined my enjoyment of, of the beginning of that book. So, um, how, how I... How the second book in a series have nothing to do with the first book in a series? No, the, the prologue. Oh, okay. The, the prologue of Soul Dancer takes place way, way before Ethereal. My bad. Because John was thinking, John was thinking that it, you thought that uh, the prologue of Soul Dancer picked up like at, right after Ethereal ended or something, right? Yeah, that's what it felt like to me. Okay. Yeah, the feel is similar, but no, that takes place like hundreds, thousands of years. Well, like 150 years actually before Ethereal starts. So. Well. Cool. Well, may may I make a suggestion then? <laughs> make that Absolutely. a little clearer for people who have read Ethereal and, and are expecting some sort of uh, sequel. Okay, well, it, it is a sequel. What? You'll, you, you'll see. Soul Dancer is a sequel to Ethereal, but just not. It's not like not the, a direct. Not sequel. like the same characters. Like the, last we left off. Okay. Right, you you will see that the two books are connected. They're intermeshed in subtle but very definite ways that you 
will see. Well, tell you what, go ahead and finish it, and then get back to me. I will mark down that suggestion, though, because I'm always up for reader feedback, and I ponder and cherish it. And, and there's an un, you know, unknown reader feedback immediately live, where you've got no chance to respond to it. So, other than this uh, grilling over your uh, Dragon Award-winning horror novel, how was your week, Brian? It has been a blur because I've been busy working on the sequel to my Dragon Award-winning horror novel, which is really going to be less of a horror novel. It's going to be more of a classic uh, action-y space opera. I don't know how many action scenes I just got done writing in a row. And they're all different kinds of action. I'm I'm kind of experimenting with trying to figure out how many action scenes I can have in sequence without inducing action fatigue in the readers. So it'll be interesting to hear what my beta readers think of it. Let's see. My week, I actually just saw, yesterday was the birthday of a good friend of mine. And so he came up and we went out to see a movie and there were only a couple of movies that were Available at the time frame in which he could see a movie, uh, one of which was Suicide Squad, which he hadn't seen. And so uh, he wanted to see Suicide Squad, so I went and saw it again for the second time. And uh, it was actually better the second time because I knew the choppy parts in the second and fifth were coming and I could ignore them. Uh, and I, could, I was free to enjoy the rest of the parts of the movie that were good. So it was better the second time through. That was my review of watching it the second time. I still would not put it on uh, one of my frequent watching lists, uh, unlike some of the other movies, like Captain America Winter Soldier would go on my frequent watching list. That's a movie I would want to watch again fairly often. Or, uh, you know, some of the Christopher Nolan, The Dark Knight might be, or Inception might be on that same list. But it was still better watching it the second time. That is Thank, not... you. Thank you for the warning. Now, when I get to see it, I'll have some idea of what to brace myself for in the second half. Oh, you haven't seen it yet? <laughs> no, I generally try to avoid DC movies in the theater so I can just, so I don't have to blow $40 just to go with one or two other people. I can just blow <laughs> 20 and it's like, okay, let's see if, let's see how good this one is. Click. It's not the second half, it's the second fifth. That's smart. It's about the 20% to 40% mark that gets really choppy. And there's a bunch of big jumps in the narrative that aren't really carefully explained because we, my theory is there was a bunch of stuff that was meant to be flashbacks that the people who did the second edit shoved in the front and tried to make it actual plot development. It doesn't quite work. So uh, just be forewarned that 20% of the movie, 20 to 40% of the movie is choppy. Um, by the way, folks, that uh, strange voice on the air, Declan Finn, our uh, guest today, writer of the uh, Honor at Stake, um, and that is a vampire book, if you couldn't guess from the title of the show, also writer of the uh, PS Trilogy and Ancillary Works, and writer of a volume about IRA, that is the Irish Republican Army Rebel Songs, as well as an upcoming book about the sad puppies. Uh, and that those four different series cover such a wide variety of uh, terrain. He also was the person who picked up 
the Dragon Awards for author Nick Cole and our very own Brian Niemeyer. And Thank you. By the way, I want to interject. I want to interject really quick. Sorry. Really? I'm going to finish this because I have one last thing to say, and then you can interject all you want. Uh, links to his Amazon page and his blog are in the description. So if after listening to the show, you really are excited and want to buy some of his books, or you really want to take a look at his blog, it's very easy to do. Go, Brian. I just want to let Dickel know that the award came, and it's in great shape. So thank you very much for shipping that to me. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad the hostage has, has arrived safely at the destination. The ransom, has been, the ransom has been received. Thank you. <laughs> as we agreed. <laughs> so of all of your many and varied works, which one do you want to talk about the most right now? Ah, uh, well, pretty much, uh, yeah, I'll go for Sad Puppies Bite Back because... That's going to be coming out next week, and with any luck, it'll still be available the week after that. Uh, for those of you who have no idea what the heck it is, uh, it was a very strange fever dream. Um, everyone here, note, I don't have to explain swatting to your audience, correct? Probably not. Okay. Well, since there was talk of, well, Gamergate is merging with sad puppies, which struck me as utterly insane even when I heard it the first time, I thought, well, Gamergate, you know, video game people are being swatted. What happens if you take the parody versions of everyone involved with sad puppies, they were even calling themselves the evil league of evil, and it's like, so what happens if you try to swat these people? So that, that's when it became a comedy. And it's like, you know what? Nobody's ever going to see this. Nobody's ever going to care. I'm just going to write it up and post it on my blog. No one will give a darn. 20 chapters later, it's like, okay, I'm going to stop posting these on my blog and start writing them up to publish them. <laughs> so um, that's going to be coming out next week, assuming all goes well. And as for my comment about whether or not it stays up the next week, uh, it is a parody on the one hand, and on the other hand, I use real names of actual people. But last time I checked, that's covered under parody. Uh, however, welcome to, welcome to the legal system of the United States. Anybody can be sued for any time at any reason. So uh, if you wind up purchasing a copy next week, get it in hardcover. That can't be disappeared from your Kindle. All right. Well, if Wired and Entertainment Weekly weren't sued for libel, I think you're going to be okay. <laughs> oh, I suspect I'm perfectly safe, especially after, you know, the Supreme Dark Lord himself, Vox Day, came out with a book title, John Scalzi is a Rapist. And the most John Scalzi did was complain to Amazon, and Vox re-released the book with a different title the next day. Something like that. <laughs> That's classic. I like that. Oh, you should see the cover. It's hilarious. Yeah, I don't know who he does for his artwork, but it's like, this feels like classic mag mad, mad magazine. Yeah, it, I'm trying to remember what they changed the, the name of the book to. Um, uh, John Scalzi can take it out of my book, but he can't stop my burning, burning love or something weird like that. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was something like that. It was great. 
I, I'm I'm on Amazon right now. It's like okay, so how fast can I how fast can I click through his really extensive backlog? Oh, good God! How many books has this guy come out with? John Scalzi, well, Vox Day. Vox Day. Vox didn't actually write that one, so it may not be under no. his. There's like of one, one, of his, one of his readers. <laughs> or was him? Right. He's just denying it, but either way. <laughs> um, yes, one can never tell that the, the amount of people who still think that he is Dr. Chuck Tingle. Um, I have stopped counting how many people think he's Chuck Tingle. Uh, Dr. Tingle, fun, funny story from uh, Salt Lake City Comic Con. So I, I wore my, my Chuck Tingle Legends of Science Fiction shirt the first day and got unanimously positive comments on the shirt from everyone, including Larry, but also just random people who just shot at me, love is real! And so I'd shot back and kissed the sky. Uh, he's, he's bringing people together. Is Dr. Tingle, and he's, he's a national treasure. <laughs> so talking about um, your vampire novel, um, I got a specific question, because you posted a link to this the other day on your Twitter feed, and it goes to a fairly old post on your blog. So it, obviously it's something that's really important to you. What is the big problem with urban fantasy, and how did you try to address it in your vampire novel? Uh. A uh, major problem with urban fantasy, at least as far as vampire stories go, um, this one I speak to a lot, most of them do not want to follow traditional vampire rules, and I'm referring to Bram Stoker rules. I know there are still, I know there are vampire uh, stories that predate him, I think Varney the Vampire being one of them, but um, most Vampire stories nowadays in urban fantasy will want to follow Anne Rice rules, maybe Blade rules, but uh, was, outside of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV show, when was the last time anyone saw a cross repel a vampire? Or holy water? I think it's me, Jim Butcher, and Larry Correa. I could be mistaken. Uh, you're probably right. Uh, there was the 1980s movie um, that I can't even remember the name of now. Um, but I'm sure you know which one uh, I'm speaking of. Um, had Chris Sarandon in it as the primary vampire. Fright Night. Fright Night, yes. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, which Believe John it. C. Wright has railed against. The, yeah, the original? Or, yeah. Yeah, he's. Uh, are you sure he remembered the original or the new version? The, the original, because the movie transfers the effectiveness of the, the cross from the actual image of Christ to the faith of the person holding it. Because when Peter Vincent yes, actually... tries it on Chris Aaron, he's like, I have to have faith mm -hmm. for it to work, and he laughs it off. Yeah, that's actually a cheat that uh, Laurel K. Hamilton used to use. I say used to use because I pretty much stopped reading her stuff when it became what you know why am I reading a hundred page sex scene I'm going to keep skipping it's like huh wow there was oh, no that, actual plot to this book oh, that's funny I'm glad I heard that because uh, that was the same thing my uh, my wife was a big Laurel K. Hamilton fan 
and uh, she loved all the uh, urban fantasy and the you know the vampire hunter shtick. And then it just when it just turned into uh, you know all those sex scenes, she was like, eh. yeah, uh, she was at uh, SLCCC too. But anyway, sorry, go ahead, Declan. No, uh, no, and John, John's wife is perfectly correct because, um, well, the first I will normally just recommend the first eight books of Hamilton because. That's where the plot was. That's where the world building was. There was some sex, but it's like three pages. I can skip that. I mean, I read John Ringo's Ghost. I can skip a few pages. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's actually one of the cheats that is commonly used nowadays, even if they wind up using crosses. It's like, wait, hold on. I'm sorry. If it's purely a matter of faith, shouldn't the faith the person is having in the cross itself itself be a weapon so hmm could somebody be consistent a little please maybe i think uh, doesn't doesn't butcher do that too but but butcher wove that into the uh you know the theology of his whole world is that it's it, everything is based on you know belief and how strong you believe in something right yes and when he has vampires that are not affected by religious icons it's because there are at least Five different flavors of vampire, and I think we've only run into three of them. Flavors? What, what do vampires taste like? <laughs> Read up Scoot. on the white court, you'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> Ecto oh, God, Skittles. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should ask uh, Wesley Crusher about the Skittles. Mm. Sorry. Uh, what's he done now? Oh, no, he just wound up reposting something stupid. Um, in a, there's the usual argument about the Syrian refugees, where it's, well, if I, I had I should, uh, I'm yeah. going to interrupt because um, do. you're running up against the first rule of the show, which is no politics on the gap. Oh, okay. I should have known Wesley Crusher would have something, you know, it would be political, right? My bad. He posted yeah. a stupid meme. That's it. I'll, I'll leave it at that. And it was, I don't want to burn your brain, burn IQ points, because I feel like I got stupider by the time I was done with it. Yeah, I, I do politics all week. And so the geek gab is, is the, is the, my little shelter uh, against <laughs> political madness, especially this season. See, I, I just watched oh, Brain that. Dead. I spent 13 hours watching Brain Dead, which is uh, an entire show about political insanity, about bugs who eat the brains of people in Washington, D.C. So their thesis was that all of the insanity and political extremism of the election year 2016 is because space bugs from the constellation Draco arrived on Earth in Washington, D.C. and began eating people's brains and turning them into zombies. Um, intelligent speaking zombies who took over Congress. You, you, you must realize that you have just gotten much farther into the show than I did. I lasted about 10 minutes. It's like, wow, this is even dumber than most of political shows I've ever watched. Goodbye. They made a, a strong effort to remain nonpartisan through most of the show. Um, I forget where I was going with that, but anyways... <laughs> Doesn't oh, matter. Little Any... island in the storm. <laughs> That's the subtitle yes. of the whole show here. The Geek Gap. <laughs> I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, to, to get back to your original question about what urban fantasy doesn't 
does not think all the way through is mostly a matter of it doesn't think things all the way through. That's the short version now that you asked me the question about 10 minutes ago. Sorry. So let, let me ask you a question about the faith in the cross thing versus the cross itself. Is that a matter of Catholic theology? In part, yes. Um, having, yes, having faith is good, but let's face it, when icons are blessed, there is a certain matter of power within the blessing itself. So it's not 100% faith run because Yes, if you're if you're flashing across, you've got at least a little faith in you've got a little faith somewhere. It's called no atheist in foxhole syndrome. Okay, and again, for, for those who might be new listeners, I am an actual Catholic theologian, so I'm going to second what Declan said. But then also the reason that crosses and holy articles affect vampires in traditional literature is that vampire folklore is inherently anti. Eucharistic. It's the idea that the devil can't actually create anything, but he can warp God's creation, you know, pervert and abuse it. So God cannot, or sorry, um, Satan cannot actually come up with like his own inverted version of the eternal life that God promises. Okay, but what vampirism represents is a form of debased cannibalism used to extend this artificial state of undeath instead of the eternal life, which is obtained and sustained through consuming Christ, flesh and blood, and the real presence in uh, species of the Eucharist. So that's where the origin of that dynamic lies. Thank you. I was afraid I was going to have to bluff my way through. <laughs> I'll just ask if you okay. need, to, need to tag out. <laughs> well, hey, I, I'm, I am nowhere near a theological scholar. I'm a, I, I'm, a philosophy, I'm a runaway philosophy and history major who overthinks things and goes, wait, why are they doing this in this book? Um, so. oh, good enough for punk rock. <laughs> well, yes, also with honor at stake, it's one of my versions of, you know what, I'm going to make fun of Twilight because I'm going to do this better. And, oh yeah, with actual vampires that don't sparkle, damn it. Um, hey. Why all the hate on the sparkling? Uh, I believe to steal from Larry Correa. A vampire only sparkles when it's on fire. <laughs> well said. I like that. I like that. Oh no, we've lost DW. We still well, we probably shouldn't talk about politics. Still, it's a bad idea. <laughs> oh, trust me, I I, I understand his feelings, and well, he was worried about his internet going out. Um, I'm oh. I am gonna get I'm gonna go a little bit uh, political here for a second, actually, because I didn't know that you were uh, doing any stories on the IRA or anything like that. I didn't oh. know I didn't you had any interest in that, so I was just curious uh, to know more about that. Oh well, um, it was actually something they came out of going through the Great Irish Fair in Brooklyn, in Coney Island, and wander through, pick up 50 Greatest Irish Rebel Songs. Okay, sure, I'll pick this up. And since I was a history major, it's, gee, all these Irish history, all, all these 
just a lot of Irish history in these songs. You know what? I think I'll do a master thesis on it. So I wound up doing 100, 200 pages on the bloody thing, and that was 10, 15 years ago. I figured it's lying around. I can expand it a little. And congratulations. It's a book. And I stole the title. Uh, the title of the book is For All Their Wars Are Merry. Uh, I stole it from, funny enough, a poem by an Englishman, uh, G.K. Chesterton. Uh, his poem, Ballad of the White Horse, had a verse that went, The great gales of Ireland are the men whom God made mad, for all their wars are merry and all their songs are sad. So I figured, this works. Yeah, cool. That's really interesting. I'm going to have to check that out. I'm, a, I'm of Irish descent myself, but uh, something like third, fourth generation Americans, so I pretty much lost all uh, my connection with that culture. It was pretty interesting. I actually visited Ireland a few years ago, um, and the people was great, and, and the island was great, and there are lots of beautiful spots there, but uh, no connection, you know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. Well, uh, don't worry. Uh, there's, I will recommend for you the appendix, if only just so you can read along with any of the songs you want to look up on YouTube, because Almost all the songs I mentioned there are now on YouTube. When I first heard the bloody thing, it's like, nobody's going to know these songs unless they go out and actually buy a CD. Now, oh look, welcome to everything on YouTube. Isn't the internet wonderful? Amen. Woke up this morning to uh, cat videos, and I'm good, probably going to end the day listening to Irish uh, songs. <laughs> Not, wait, no, no, not more cat pictures, please? Or whatever that stupid story was. Uh, hopefully never. <laughs> Amen. No more cat pictures. Did you, did you see the parody at Vox's site, uh, Fat Pictures, Please? Where they apparently just went through Cat Pictures, Please, and just replaced every reference to, uh, to cats with uh, fat fetishism. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds... Actually, sounds pretty tedious. Insert Lena Dunham joke here. Yeah, that's basically you get the gist of it. I know I laughed. <laughs> yeah, say this for Vox. He he at least does know how to do comedy every once in a while. Uh, I can't speak to that generally because it's wow. He posts how many blog posts a day? I don't have time to read this. Absolutely. Yeah, he's definitely he's definitely one of my uh, favorite bloggers now. It used to, used to be Daddy Warpig, but I mean that guy just doesn't put out enough content. Yeah, he's supposed to be right now. <laughs> no, that was that was mean because I think he can hear us. Yeah. I'm, I'm taunting him, but it appears his audio is not working. Maybe he's fixing his mic. <laughs> oh, the internet! As I warned at the top of the show, the internet dropped out. Oh, hey, welcome back. Welcome back, indeed. I have no idea how how far through my my <laughs> how far through what I was saying I got cut off. So, just start over. I can't even remember it now. It doesn't matter. We are almost out of time, though. So, any last words, Declan? Yes, when in doubt, buy everything in my inventory on Amazon, and you'll probably enjoy something. <laughs> um. And reminder, links to the Amazon and links to uh, his blog are both in the description of the video. 
Uh, any last thoughts, Brian? I would uh, also like to state my appreciation for that uh, particular comment. Supplying it to my inventory as well, which you can find in the links below. And just thanks to Declan for coming on. It's a pleasure, as always. Feel free to have me back whenever you, uh, whenever you don't have a guest. I'm usually good for at least a half hour. And then I'm going to be on your show tomorrow night, right? Yes. You'll be out. coming on at 8 o'clock uh, Eastern Standard Time, uh, following Moira Grayland in the first hour. Yeah, everybody's on everybody else's shows. Oh, boy. Hey, cross-pollination works. <laughs> um, weird family. Any uh, any last words, John? Hey, well, thanks for coming on again, uh, Declan, and thanks, everybody, for listening. It's a good gab. Uh, all right, folks, this has been Geek Gab for Saturday, September 4, 24th, 2016. Vicious Vampires, Vatican Assassins, and Irish Rebel Songs. Um, once again, you can find the links to Declan Finn's Amazon and his blog in the links below, right underneath a special guest with an exclamation mark. At the end, you can find our link is isgd slash geekgab. That is is dot good slash geekgab. Or you can search for us on the iTunes. Just search for geekgab. Find us on SoundCloud under geekgab. Or uh, we are also available on the Google Play Store. Thanks for turning in, folks. We are signing off for today. But don't worry. We will be back.